My name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Humphuerido Seas. This is a podcast where a friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And guess what you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Haley, um, she, her, often going by Sleepy Haley online due to being very, very tired. <laughs> Dang if that ain't a mood. We are we are recording this on a holiday weekend, and y'all, it's just so nice to be able to just sleep in however you want, <laughs> however long you want to. Oh my, yes. You wake up and you just, nah, I don't want to wake up yet. <laughs> you wake up and say, no, not this, not today, or at least not this time. <laughs> Gotta wake up That's... eventually. <sighs> Regrettably, yes. Yeah. I think we should get ourselves out of this sad hole <laughs> and instead talk about your OC for today. Who are we talking about today, Haley? Today we are talking about my magical girl OC, Harmony Punk Rock, and by extension, the rest of her team, the Harmonies. Excellent. And before I, before I forget, so the team is the Harmonies, and then... I'm assuming everyone has different genres for, like, their individual name, I guess? Yes. The harmonies are respectively Harmony Punk Rock, Harmony Speed mm -hmm. Metal, Harmony Synthwave, and Harmony J-Pop. Interesting. Yeah, there is a big musical theme throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah, and we are going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I love music, too, and... I have a lot of experience with, I guess, the classical side of music performance. So oh. I'm very curious to hear about this. <laughs> um, mostly in the context of choir. And my family has been in instrumental music for a long time, mostly through school. But I see. Yeah. So let's start with how harmony and the harm how how harmony punk rock and the harmonies kind of like began as a concept oh wow that's actually kind of a fun story yeah shoot it was actually originally an entirely different thing oh yeah like originally i had in mind a story that was set in more of a fantasy world that was about this fantasy world that was kind of on its way out. Like, everyone had done mm -hmm. stuff terribly. There had been wars. Their, their fancy version of pollution. Things are just... Mm -hmm. they're, they're in the last generations. And everyone knows it, but doesn't want to talk about it. Huh. That's... <laughs> yeah, it's not... It wasn't... Happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll actually talk about that more in a second, but, mm -hmm. like, biggest thing in it would be, like, there would be magical powers that were based on music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or not necessarily music, but music was the most frequent way to go about it because it was based on a kind of get yourself into a mindset uh, energy and then you can utilize this, you can enhance it, and mm -hmm. the an easy way to do that would be to sing or yeah. dance or other performance, something to just get them into this mindset and that mm -hmm. activates their magic, which gives them like a 
kind of transform magical form based on what they're trying to do. Okay. Like, you know, if you wanted to be stronger, do a kind of rock chant type thing. <laughs> Just blast queen. Exactly. And so, yeah, then they would get, they would have a little magical girl transformation and be able mm-hmm. to go from there. And I had all these characters set up and everything, but you'll notice from the premise, it's really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It's not just depressing, it's like relatively depressing. Mm-hmm. So I have all these notes and I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, God, like, I mean, I'm sure it could be an interesting <laughs> story, but like, don't we have enough of, mm-hmm. you know, the world being doomed? <laughs> it's, it's the whole thing about like how it is important to have tragedies as a narrative because they provide emotional catharsis. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between it's like something between a narrative that is tragic and just a narrative that's just a Debbie Downer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just, like, the whole thing wouldn't have been depressing, but just, because, like, the characters, they would have had their ups and downs and stuff, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's too relatably depressing. Yeah. And it's the kind of narrative that would have been great in, like, the, the, the span of time that we had between when the ozone layer uh, sealed up and mm-hmm. when we hit the current... The, the yeah. current climate change crisis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with telling the story. Like, maybe one day I'll return to it. Mm-hmm. As you say, all the catharsis and all that jazz. But it's just, it just kind of sort of hit me. as like, this is really a bummer. I'm, I'm kind of bummed working on this. And <laughs> while I was working at my office job at the time, I started thinking Oof. of what... Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I started thinking of a sort of different take on the premise with the whole mm-hmm. musical, magical girl transformation powers. Like, what if instead I set a story in a setting where things shockingly get better? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. And I start thinking about this, and these characters, and I start thinking of like, musical genre names for them and I'm like oh dang I've been working on this for like 20 minutes and I'm in love with it (laughs) good so it just kind of blew the other project out of the water hey instead of working on this one concept that is making you sad why not work on a on a relatively similar but much more optimistic outlook project (laughs) exactly what if it's a story that's about people who get better in a world that is shown to be able to get better and have that be like a major theme Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because like all these characters have their baggage that they're dealing with but they get to deal with it and (laughs) not in a world that's in a perpetual state of dying where it's like okay the end game is still going to be depressing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Was a light that burst from a shadow. 
Well, good. That's a very poetic way to describe it, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. I guess, so, real quick, since yeah. I'm personally a fan of the magical girl genre, uh, mm-hmm. I would like to ask uh, maybe what in particular, like, was there any source media that inspired you in creating the story? Oh, I mean, everyone's inspired by everything that they take in, but... Yes, but... <laughs> but yeah, in more specifics. Um, mm-hmm. I would say some of the biggest influences would be Sailor Moon, of course, because it's mm-hmm. Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. but be- mm-hmm. mostly because in the original 90s series, the amount of friendship the girls all got to have... Because there were so many, because there was so much more time to kill in there, they had a lot more time to explore the different girls' interactions mm-hmm. and the kind of friendship they have. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's something that I love. I think that's like the best thing about Sailor Moon is their friendships. Yeah. So that was a big influence. Really wanted to capture something with that sort of dynamic of. Mm-hmm. Friends saving the saving the world, saving the day. Yeah. Uh, another big influence is not wasn't a magical girls thing, but was growing up consuming Power Rangers as well. Excellent, excellent. Again, the more kind of colorful characters. Mm-hmm. As well as the more colorful enemies, like Sailor Moon has really colorful enemies too, but they're fairly. They're generally girls in uh, weird cosplay outfits. (laughs) No shade on that. I love that. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. But uh, the toku genre also has just these really weird and cool monster of the week monsters. And I wanted to play into that as well. Mm -hmm. And then there is another bit of influence that is kind of a specific bit of influence, but nonetheless, and that was um, Star Twinkle Precure. Okay. I wondered if Precure was going to be making an appearance on the list. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because Precure, I love because of the more physicality of the action mm-hmm. while still being in the magical girl genre and also having this really interesting action. Like, uh, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I don't like the dark magical girl genre. (laughs) I think it, I mean, I'm sure it has its place. I'm happy for everyone who has their joy in it, but it's Mm -hmm. not for me. And I really hate that so many cool concepts get eaten by the dark magical girl genre. And it's like, You know, it's not like the magical girl genre was just for babies. Like, in Sailor Moon, they all died at least twice. Yes. And it was horrific and heartbreaking each time. But... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not like you can't tell more serious stories with the genre. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, anyway... Yeah, it's, it's the thing where it's like... Just... <laughs> There, There is the middle road between being, like, just light and happy and fluffy, feel-good media, mm-hmm. and I, the only dark magical series that I can reference off the top of my head is, is Madoka Magica, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which 
is, again, a capital D downer series. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, Plus, I think, I think we as a society are moving away from grimdark narratives as much. <laughs> exactly, that's th- the whole I point. I think we're all just tired of it. We want to have hope. <laughs> we get enough grimdark just by looking outside. Gosh, yes. <laughs> but, um... Anyway, the specific thing from the Star Twinkle Precure was, I don't know how common this is in other things, but their transformation sequences were musicals. Oh, okay. And I loved that so much that I'm like, I would like to try to, I'd like to try to do this to incorporate it. And Mm -hmm, like, that was mm -hmm. as far back as the, you know, original dark story, the fairy tale ending, as it was called. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I really wanted to incorporate that, as well as the, um, well, I say hard science fiction, but it's, it's off of the bounce. The blending of the sci-fi and magical girl more intrinsically, like, having them more connected. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Sailor Moon that was there, too, but it was definitely more skewed towards the fantasy side, which is fine, too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in Sailor Moon, the techno- the elements of technology were there to support and were powered by the magic, whereas it sounds like um, in the... It sounds like in the universe of the Harmonies, it's more of an equal partnership, would you say? It's sufficiently advanced science so as to be indistinguishable from magic. Mm, gotcha. Like, the transformation sparkles, nanomachines. It's fine. Don't worry too much about it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just happens to function exactly like sparkly magical girl magic. Hey, you know what? It's like you said. It's like nanomachines. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Exactly. Although, they're not called nanomachines. It's called hench energy. (laughs) That delights me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and the bad guys use a different technology mm-hmm. where theirs is more based off of a singular unit called the Hinch Engine. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I would say those three things and probably just a little bit of common writer are the yeah. four biggest influences in the harmonies. Good palette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess the question then is, uh, where do you want to start when it comes to uh, the greater story of the harmonies? Do you want to start with kind of like the individual characters, or would you prefer to start with kind of like an overview of the plot? Uh, let's, I guess, start with the overview of the plot. Yeah, go for it. So... Like, the elevator pitch of this would be middle school band, get magical girl powers, and fight aliens, and also there are kaiju. <laughs> hey, I'm sold. Well, that's good. That's That means it's a promising premise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The full title of the comic would be Harmonies of Atlantis, because it takes place in the future, like, in the kind of vague future on an artificially created island called Atlantis. I know there's a bunch of other Atlantises already in the real world, but those are like 
casino islands and things. <laughs> and it's like, maybe something a bit more of benefit for more mankind. Because mm-hmm. the idea is that this island was made in order to be a kind of international waters place in order to do advancements for all mankind where things aren't owned so much. Mm-hmm. Where it can be more of a more of a commonwealth, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the technologies developed there are then are just completely distributed. Like once they're finished development, it's open source, free to the world. Mm-hmm. And that's why they wanted to be in it. a kind of new commonwealth is so that a company or nation wouldn't claim this technology as their own. Yeah. So it also makes it so there's not much point in doing harm to the island. Mm-hmm. Because the technology will be available to you anyway. If you steal it, all you're doing is getting the product before it's, you know, done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> if if something is open source anyway, then why worry about whether when you get access to it? Mm-hmm. And so it ends up being like a trade type situation. Like everyone gets this stuff, and in exchange. They get resources to help to help to make the island self-perpetuating. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so there's the island, Atlantis, and the main characters, their families move to the island for one reason or another. Like, either they work there or they're benefiting from the technology there. Because mm-hmm. there's also, like, medical technology being developed there. Yeah. As well as just it's a new environment, so that's exciting for some people. Yeah, yeah. But, so yeah, that's where it takes place on the island of Atlantis, and four kids, the main kids, their civilian names are Shizuka, who's punk rock, Tamina, who is synthwave, Letitia, who is speed metal, and Gabriella, who is J-pop. And they were all kind of amateur musicians. They got together, became friends, and, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of doing individual performances, the kind of band stuff where always practicing, never performing. Mm-hmm. That that kind of band. Yeah, yeah. The kind where they're always looking, trying to find a good name for themselves. Mm-hmm. But what's also going on is, well, out there in the universe, there is a hostile alien group causing conflict, and that ends up spilling over to Earth because they want to destroy it. Mm-hmm. But not specifically to destroy it. They just will have... They want to terraform the Earth in order to have it be usable for them, because ah, the bad guy aliens, the Grand Intergalactic Symphony, they call themselves, <laughs> they are kind of conducting a war of what they would call self-defense. Uh-oh. Yeah. They consider the rest of the universe inherently their enemy, 
So they want to prevent the others from doing harm to them. So the best way mm. to do that is to flip the furniture, trash their military, and uh, leave a garrison there. But you do this over the span of, you know, galaxies, they start to run thin, so they need mm. another so they need another home planet to launch from. Mm-hmm. And so they developed an agent that could terraform a planet to be identical to their own. It just would so happen to, um, you know, kill all native life forms on it. Whoopsie doodle. And I have to imagine that the native life forms are probably not super thrilled to hear about that, huh? <laughs> no, I imagine they would not be. So a member of the of the uh, Grand Intergalactic Symphony, or GIGS mm-hmm. for short, because hey, musical mm-hmm. terminology. <laughs> she steals the agent. I guess agent's still the best word for it because it's like a chemical thing. They steal that and destroy mm-hmm. the research in order to prevent them from using it. Oh. The target was Earth because, well, I mean, you know, it's a story. Out of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. But they're an amphibious life form. Our planet has a lot of ocean, a lot of land, so mm-hmm, makes for mm-hmm. a good target. And it's just a prime location. <laughs> but yeah, so they steal this and end up being mortally wounded in their effort to escape with it. Uh oh. They end up coming to Atlantis because Atlantis has a kind of power grid that is wireless and Mm -hmm. that creates interference so they could put their ship down in there and not have its exact location be known by you know the gigs Mm, gotcha but they kind of need someone to defend it since they're not going to be able to they're not going to die because they're going to use their hinge energy to heal, but they're going to be sort mm-hmm. of in a they're going to be in a quasi medical coma for months. Yeah, yeah. You need someone to help keep the ship safe while you are out of commission. Yeah, and make sure that the um, terraforming agent. Sorry, they need to make sure that doesn't fall in back into the gig's hands. Mm-hmm. And so they put out a signal to try to get people who would be willing to protect the world. And the signal ends up reaching these kids. Mm-hmm. Now there's sort of a complex thing there that I'll go just fly through quickly, which is um, signal is based on empathy and it's sort of asking the question of, are you willing to put yourself at risk to protect the world? Mm-hmm. And so it, they put out a number of like on their way back on their way to land. They drop a number of different signalers to try to lure in whoever you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And these kids end up being the first ones to go to it. Mm-hmm. In the sense of like. Other people also received the call, but were just like, eh, it's just a spam message. I'm going to block this number. <laughs> Not sort of, but also some of them just didn't get there in time. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Like, they, it was first come, first serve. 
Mm. So that's how the kids end up meeting this alien. Yeah. And it's like, hey, so who wants to not die? <laughs> and, and also keep the world safe. Mm-hmm. And so they are, well, originally it wasn't going to be for a group because they only had Hinge Energy for one person. Oh, interesting. But they decided to split it amongst themselves. Okay. And that actual that also leads to part of why they're the harmonies is because in order to use this power, they kind of all have to get into this same mindset in order to activate mm-hmm. it. They have to resonate. Exactly. They have to harmonize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, <laughs> super quick, you mentioning that they, that this was originally a power set intended for one person and now to split among four people makes me wonder about, like, is there going to be an equivalent of, like, the super scroll <laughs> for the harmonies? Like, <laughs> this is one person who has all of the powers that should have been in one power set, but you broke them up. <laughs> As a matter of fact. Oh! Because <laughs> it's not like they all have different power. Well, they don't exactly all have a different power set. They all have the same powers, but just people being people, they sort of focus on different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, actually, what you would consider to be the super <laughs> scroll equivalent would be the alien who's giving them this power. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, you know, spoiler warning, of course, they'll eventually recover and join the fight for the just in time for the big finale. Ah, okay. And you'll get to see someone who has, like, this full power that they don't mm-hmm. because they chose to split it amongst themselves. Yeah, and who probably has, you know years of experience over Mm -hmm. the group of middle schoolers. (laughs) Exactly. So surely everything will go fine for them and, you know, it'll just end the story. It'll be fine. Nothing to worry about there. Because that's (laughs) that's interesting storytelling. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go that way. Anyway, um... (laughs) How the Hinch Energy compares the Hinch Engine is it's actually... This alien had been betra- had betrayed their side in the past. They just had mm-hmm. been kind of a they'd been a spy leaking the inf- leaking information and technology to their enemies, the rest of the galaxy. Oh. And that's how Hinch Energy was developed based off of the Grand Intergalactic Symphony's Hinch Engine. Okay. But it's something that was more versatile and also more powerful. Mm-hmm. If it had been used in full. So, like, if it had just been one of them, they would have been significantly stronger than, you know, the enemy's strongest opponent, but it would have just been one of them. Mm-hmm. Even if you have weaker opponents, you can still be overwhelmed. And yeah. it's not like they're, any of them are trained fighters, so they yeah. wanted to work together instead. Mm-hmm. So they're still stronger, but they're not as overpowered as they should be. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, of course the gigs end up showing up, and of course they're trying to get back their terraforming agent. And Mm -hmm. naturally this means they have to uh, destroy Atlantis in order to find it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So they have to protect the island, and by doing so, protect the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the long and short of it, which wasn't too short. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So in that case, then, I kind of want to hear more about the individual harmonies. Like, I know, uh, I know punk rock is kind of the main character, but mm. I want to hear about kind of like who they are, how they work as a team. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. As said, there are four of them. It's kind of an international team, of course. They're from all over the world. Letitia's America. Gabriella's Mexican. Tamina is ostensibly Pakistani. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she actually kind of grew up all over the world. Okay. Because, just to go into her a bit, Tamina mm-hmm. Sentwave, she is cerebral palsy. Oh, cool. When she was born, uh... It was not expected for her to survive. Ah, okay. Okay. She has all manner of issues and disabilities. And Mm -hmm. so her parents ended up kind of having to bounce around the world from specialist to specialist in order to get her to a state where she can, Mm -hmm. like, survive and function effectively. Mm Mm-hmm. And are the harmony powers something that is able to, like, not necessarily, like, like they don't have to cure her, but I hope that they are able to provide some form of assistance to her, whether transformed or not? <laughs> uh, well, one thing that I notice with superheroes that have disabilities, their superpower is almost always they, they're not just dis- to make them not disabled. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of that. So she still is disabled in her superpowers, but she does get a commutative device, as it were. Because, like, Mm -hmm. as it is now, she uses an electric wheelchair. Mm -hmm. uh, Kind of based off of currently existing technology, but, you know, taken to the next step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in her henchman form, she gets a chair that, that can hover. Gotcha, okay. And while she is stronger in that form, like, she still can't really walk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she still only has really effective use over one arm. It's just that arm's now a lot stronger. She can, you know, mm-hmm. punch out, do like that. So she's from, like, all over the place. She's yeah. actually on Atlantis for the advancements in medical technology. Um, mm-hmm. And then there is mm-hmm. Shizuka, punk rock, who is Japanese. Because you gotta do that. I get, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be disrespectful to do a magical girl story and not have at least one representative of Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find it interesting that uh, that Gabriella is the one with J-pop and Shizuka has punk rock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gabriella and Letitia, the two of them are horrible, horrible, horrible weeds. Ah, okay. And Shizuka is not. Like, <laughs> Shizuka's primary interest is in music. Like, she mm-hmm. didn't, she didn't like, watch a lot of dramas. She didn't watch a lot of anime. She 
was very hyper fixated on music. Gotcha. Okay. Whereas um, Gabrielle and Letitia, complete weebs, complete nerds, just mm-hmm. really consumed a lot of Japanese media. Yeah. There's a bit more there, like um, with Letitia, like her biggest thing is fashion. One of the reasons she loves anime so much is because of the different kinds of outfits and fashions that you find in series that are, you know, not exactly reasonable, but they're interesting. <laughs> they might not be practical, but yeah, they are cool. Exactly. So that's one of her big fascinations with anime, and Gabrielle is just complete nerd, loves everything about it. And the two of them already knew each other before Atlantis. Like, they were mm, friends. Okay. They became friends through, like, online forum type situation. And then they oh, both okay. ended up moving into to Atlantis. They met each other. And then, you know, their friendship just kind of went from online to offline. Whereas Tamina and Shizuka, they all met through doing music. Like, there is a, what's the good, what's the word? Like, a community center? And Chizuka was doing mm-hmm. music by herself there. And Letitia and Gabriella kind of came across her and was like, hey, <laughs> do you, do you want to, like, maybe jam together? And Chizuka's mm-hmm. like, no, please go away. But oh, come on, she, girl, you got to make some friends. <laughs> but, you know, she was too nervous to say that, so she just kind of mumbled something. And so they took that as ascension. And they ended up finding Tamina as well, who is um, making music in class. And, like, Gabriella looks over and sees her doing this. is like, oh, hey, we have a, you know, we have a band. Do you want to maybe come check it out? See if you want to join us, maybe? <laughs> and that's sort of how it all, how they got how they met each other is through music. Mm-hmm. And plus, it is it is categorically known that if you are play- if you are playing music in a public space, the band kids will know and they will gather. <laughs> exactly. It's like water that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they also all have um, kind of different relationships to their homes, where they're from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Tamina, while she was born in Pakistan, didn't really grow up there, mm-hmm. so she doesn't actually have roots. She doesn't have a place where she belongs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, she grew up in hospitals. She doesn't have a hometown. <laughs> yeah. So Atlantis is, like, the first place where she's able to be a normal kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shizuka, she did not want to come to Atlantis. She's there because her dad came there for work. She wants to go back to Japan. She wants to be back there where her sister is. Her sister's in college. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. So, there's that. Uh, Letitia came from a really tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of misses that. Like, Atlantis is nice. There's not any sort of majority here or Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Which is a double-edged sword. And, like, 
yeah, there's, it's difficult for there to be as much discrimination when there's not a, a solid majority, but. Mm-hmm. It also probably makes community a lot harder to find. Exactly. And she came from a really tight knit one. So she misses that. And then there's mm-hmm. Gabriella who, uh, one of her things is that she's trans. She's a trans girl. And. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the thing of it is, like, she wasn't out as trans until she got the magical girl powers. Ah, okay. Like, the magical girl powers activated, and suddenly, you know, she's in a skirt and stuff, and her friend, and Letitia's like, so, uh, something you want to tell me? (laughs) Well, actually, Letitia's kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, online friends, there's always going to be a bit of a tell there. Yeah, yeah. So, in her case, being on Atlantis is kind of getting a chance to start fresh. Because, like, they get these powers mm-hmm. not too long after they've moved to this island. Ah, okay. The traditional first day of school habits, you... You get your new class schedule, maybe you make some new friends, you get your magical superpowers with which to save the entire world and your entire existence. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, for her, it's new start, but also sort of an intentional disconnect from where she came from. Yes. Which isn't always the best thing to do, but that's something that'll be dealt with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's they're all different connections to Atlantis and their home countries. They also all have different kinds of baggage. Like, I've gone into some with Tamina with how she grew up. Mm-hmm. And also being a person with disabilities, she has immense frustration with being considered inspirational or Mm -hmm. like not having her efforts be recognized for themselves as opposed to what she's overcoming through disability. Like if she does a lot of work on a project, she wants her work to be recognized for the work she put on it, not just because, Oh, well you're disabled. So, you know, Mm -hmm. You obviously already had to work extra hard. Yeah. So that's something that's a major frustration for her. And uh, Shizuka, she actually struggles with depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She kind of came, is coming off of a really rough time in her life when she was in Japan. Like, yeah. just before she moved to Atlantis, she ended up Losing all of her friends. Oh, no. After it sort of came out how rough she has it in as far as mental illness goes, because she actually struggled with self-harm for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was her sister who got her into therapy, which led to her, you know, getting medication, getting a bit of support via her therapist and whatnot, which helped her out of yeah. that. But she's still coming from this really rough place. Mm-hmm. So she's still adjusting from that. Like, she wasn't yeah. prepa- 
she wasn't prepared to for these weirdos to suddenly become her friends and her band. She, mm-hmm. so she's got yeah, that going. <laughs> I I can sympathize because healing healing does take a lot of time and a lot of effort. But also, I'm very glad that that uh, Shizuka has these friends who are like, nope, we're your friends now. We don't. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't get rid of us because we'll be your friends no matter what. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And also, we have band practice at three and saving the world at four. Exactly, and that is something that is a challenge because she can lash out, and that's not cool. But they yeah. all end up having to work together to not just save the world, but also just be better friends and better people. Well, good. I'm glad but, to hear that. <laughs> but yeah, like talk about Sumina, Shizuka, Gabriella. And Letitia, uh, Letitia is autistic, so she's got that going for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of struggles with people not functioning the same way she does, which mm-hmm. she can find frustrating because she can get fixated, which can be of benefit because it can help her work towards something by being single-mindedly mm. focused on that, but others won't be on the same wavelength for as her. And that can yeah. just be immensely frustrating. I I can imagine. Mm-hmm. That's them as their civilian forms. So, super quick, I talking more about their powers and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned at one point they have animal companions that they share an empathetic bond with and which can then become... Uh, a giant cyborg mount for battle. I want to hear about this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about the kaiju. The gigs, the Grand Intergalactic Symphony, one of their things just as a species was they could form mm-hmm. inter- they could form empathetic bonds with other animals. Okay. When they developed the Hinch Energy, they also brought this, like, uh, the good guy alien whose name is Justice and Betrayal because she has two different names, depending on who you <laughs> ask. She either awoke to justice or betrayed her people. So mm-hmm. she's Justice mm-hmm. and Betrayal. <laughs> <clears throat> the Hinch Energy brings with it this power to form an empathetic bond with an animal. Mm-hmm. And okay. when she was coming down to Earth, she kind of did a grab bag of various animals across the planet, incidentally using a similar empathetic signal of, hey, who here wants to save the world? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So grabbed up a bunch of animals, and then once she got these kids, it's like, okay, um, this is not how things are supposed to go. It's actually a very spiritual thing for us. But, um... <laughs> Go see what animals you vibe with. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, punk rock, she ended up with a, yeah, the Honduran white bat. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, known for uh, huddling up inside leaves and things. They're just good bats. <laughs> they are very good bats. And she names it Hahana, which is the... Mashup of the Japanese words for leaf and nose. Aww. Because Oh, they're so cute. They really are. 
And see, Tamina, she has a pangolin. Oh, I love those. Yes. And you'll have to excuse me if I end up mangling the words. Because hers is named Bagudar, which mm-hmm. is Urdu for stinky. Aw. Because pangolin have a <clears throat> distinct musk. Mm-hmm. I just, I just found an image of a pangolin standing up on its hind legs and it's got its little front legs together. Like It's like, hi, I'm unsure of what to do in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> they are... They have such a wonderful face and body. They do. They really do. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There is uh, Gabriella, who has an axolotl. Oh, gosh, I love those. And their name is Karasan, which is kind of a double pun. Mm-hmm. Part of it is it sounds like the word Corazon, which, again, I'm probably mangling languages right now. Yeah, yeah Corazon, yeah. You got or it. heart, because it's a little sweetie. Mm-hmm. And also it is a double pun for, because it's like Corazonreta. Uh, I'm probably not saying it right, but like smiley, like ah, it's okay. a, like a smiley face. So it's a pun for like heart and smiley face because mm-hmm. axolotls. Nice. And then probably the most unusual choice would be Letitia's beast, which is an ii. Oh, I've seen one of these. Yes, they're so weird. I love them. She mm. loves... One of her special interests is nocturnal animals. And I tell you what, this... IIs are animals that do look like they would enjoy some synthwave music. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Stay up all night listening to House. <laughs> oh, but Letitia Speed Metal. Oh, Speed Metal, excuse me. It's okay. Speed, speed Metal also applies, I think. Oh yeah, they look like they're rockers. They're ready to rock out. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at that face. That's totally a face for headbanging. Oh, yeah. And yes, during times when the conflict can get escalated, because mm-hmm. the gigs also have their own beasts, because all of the um, generals or uh, conductors, as they're called, because musical themes, hey, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they all have their own beast companions, and when they bring those out, the harmonies will respond in kind by bringing theirs up, theirs out, and they uh-huh, transform uh-huh. into big old cyborg mounts that they give instructions to by using music. Yeah, you can't you can't escalate the situation. You can't make the Megazord until the other monster gets big. <laughs> exactly. You can't just bring the Megazord out to trample the little guys because mm-hmm. it's not fun. <laughs> You have to wait until they get the big guys out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they all get fun little cyborg powers. Like um, the Pangolin, Stinky, they are the tank of the group because of nice. the Pangolin's armor. So they can roll up into a ball and they have like little vents that allow them to propel forward and do jumps and things while in ball form. 
And they can also lash out with that long tongue of theirs. Yeah. Things of that nature. And they all end up having to work together to take out the enemy's beast, which is always invariably bigger. Mm-hmm. Because the big thing is they don't want to kill the enemy. Yeah. This might be a bit of a hot take, but I don't want to have my 14-year-old characters being, uh, you know, murderers. Yeah, what is this, Magic Knight Ray Earth? <laughs> exactly. So instead, all of their things are non-lethal, including when they fight the other monsters. Like, all of their weapons are blunt. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Punk Rock, she has this big axe, which is her bass guitar, which has a rounded edge. It's good for smacking, not for chopping people into little bits. And <laughs> when they fight their enemy, when they fight the enemy beast, forgot for a second, the beasts have different names depending on the side. Like, uh, the enemy's beasts are known as beasts of burden or bobs. And the <laughs> good guys are beasts of peace or bops. Aww. Exactly. <laughs> it's adorable. Mm -hmm. So when they fight, what they're trying to do is they're trying to locate the Henshinjin inside the other beast's body and hit them in a way that breaks it. Okay. So then they'd have to revert down to their not-giant size. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, one thing is that it also explodes... So what they're having to ah. do is they have to break it, and then they're ostensibly abducting the uh, enemy beast. Huh. Because they don't want them to be continued to be used as weapons, so they sort of end up taking them onto the ship, like right mm -hmm. as the hench engine explodes, which leads the enemies into thinking that they are killing their beasts. Ah, okay. Because all they see is a big old explosion, not knowing that their beast was actually transported away right as the thing detonated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which isn't, you know, the nicest thing in the world to steal someone's empathetic partner, pet, best yeah. friend type thing, but, like, yeah. they're not killing it. And no, we are so they are sort of at war, so... You know, best solution to a bad situation. Yeah. Because, yeah, the Beast Empathetic Partnership thing is a very, he it's a very heavy bond. Like, mm -hmm. the kids, when not doing the whole big magical girl conflict alien battle stuff, will still want to visit with their partners because they don't feel complete without them. Yeah. It's comparable to, like, best friend, really close family member, beloved pet, and, like, part of your body. Oh, no. So, them taking them from their enemies is a pretty big thing. Mm-hmm. But better than killing them. Yeah. 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 It, it, it opens up the possibility of a reunion. Exactly. That would be the hopeful goal of once it's all over here you can have these back sorry for making you think mm -hmm. we killed the most important thing in your life yeah <laughs> but you know 
You're going to destroy our planet. Perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the beast partners, the bops and the bobs. Nice. Um, one oh, sorry, go ahead. What were we going to say? Oh, yeah, just one quick thing I wanted to say about the uh, bad guy aliens, the gigs, is mm-hmm. naturally, of course, they all have to take a form in order to survive on Earth since it's not terraformed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. of course, they all end up being like anthro animal people. Ah, okay. With, like, the standard goons being uh, rats. Uh-huh. And then, like, the generals, the conductors, they each get their own unique forms. Like, in the first story, it's going to be a hyena. And her specialty is um, pyrotechnics, so she is Fryena. <laughs> and each conductor uses a kind of musical instrument that's also a weapon in her case she uses a bull roar okay which also spits fire when it's spun around so yeah mm-hmm. so it's magical girls versus furries <laughs> <laughs> super quick i wanted to ask um before yeah. we go into the probably the last questions uh, i wanted to ask about why you made the why did you make the symphony the bad guys <laughs> <laughs> is it is it because of the i guess the the contrast in tone between the the harmonies more i guess you could call them more alternative genre or more alternative less mainstream types of music as opposed to classical symphonic music which has been around for a very long time <laughs> that is a good question it's actually it is to do with um, the bad guys don't, of course, see themselves as bad guys. Mm-hmm. They see themselves as bringing order to the universe. They are, mm. They're creating their own form of harmony. Just, it's under their one sound. Gotcha, okay. So they are making the universe into their symphony. Mm. Whereas... The harmonies are more are, as you pointed out, more of a kind of hodgepodge of different types of sound, but mm-hmm. still coming mm-hmm. together to form its own music. Yeah. Now, this isn't like you know a philosophical thing of me saying that I think classical music and composition and groups are bad or anything like that. It's just how it ends mm-hmm. up as far as the story goes, themes and all that jazz. Yeah. I just really didn't want the um, bad guys to be space Nazis because yeah. it's always space Nazis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if instead it was a musical group? Like, <laughs> they're space musicians, evil space uh-huh. musicians. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I guess the other last question I had was. What are each of the four harmonies favorite bands? Oh God. Uh, and if you don't know off the top of your head, that's okay. Yeah, that's a question that I can't really answer too well because their favorite bands would be a band that exists in the future that I don't have. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, 
I wish I had an answer for that one. Uh, that would be such a that'd be such a fun question to answer. I'm so sorry. It's okay. This is a present to you, so that now when you're working on their story, you can just pull up some playlists and put them on shuffle. Oh yeah, there's absolutely going to be harmonies playlists for every character. Please do. I would I would love to hear those if you are willing to share them. Oh, absolutely. Like once they're available, I am. A hundred percent going to put those out like the nerd that I am. Excellent. Um, I guess then uh, that brings us to the last question for today. Uh, if you're ready, Haley. Uh, shoot. I hope I am. <laughs> I think you will be. So your last question for today is, why do you love them so much? All of the harmonies. Oh. Or perhaps Shizuka in particular. <laughs> well, uh, to keep it shorter, I'll go for just Shizuka, punk rock in particular. And that's, she's the kind of character, well, there are all kinds of characters that I want to see that I don't see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a lot of different kinds of magical girls out there, but I have yet to see one who is uh, fat, gay, and has, you know, mental illness. <laughs> uh-huh. And also, she is something that I really wanted to see, which is she's going to end up with a relationship, but it's the thing where they're, like, dating her superhero form. And mm-hmm. I've always wanted to see that in, like, a queer story. You know, the Lois Lane who's interested out for Superman, but not dating Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to see something like that for a queer story. Yeah. And that's what she ends up with. In the first story, she's going to... There's this girl that she already likes, and she ends up rescuing, and the two of them end up starting a relationship, but she finds it easier to do this relationship as punk rock as opposed to herself. Because Uh. being punk rock allows her to be a more what she considers a more authentic version of herself. She just doesn't have that fear of being known because she has this alternative identity that she can, that she can use for that. Uh huh. And I can think that's something that a lot of people can relate to wanting to be their authentic selves without having to worry about judgment. Yeah. Because it's their authentic selves, but it's like behind this mask. So the character who's a bunch of types of things that I'd love to see and also, you know, something, someone I can relate to with my own struggles with like mental illness and the like. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you so much, Haley, for coming on again to talk about, uh, to talk about Suzuka and all of the harmonies. I really loved getting to hear about them and I would love to get to, I would love to be able to keep up with uh, with how the, re- the rest of their stories go. <laughs> I hope to be able to share those soon. Right now, everything so. is still in development. So, in the meantime, uh, where would you like to be found on the internet? And do you have things that you want to shout out and or promote? See, now, probably the best way to find me in terms of the Harmony stuff is there is a Twitter, which is at Harmony Punk Rock. Mm. Follow that for 
art updates and just news as the story moves from pre-production to actual production. Mm-hmm. There's also a link to the Patreon there if you want to give me money. Just putting that out nice. there. <laughs> but um, you can also find me personally on Tumblr. That's where I'm most active for just my normal stuff. Uh, so at sleepy-haley.tumblr.com, you'll find me there. So those are probably the two best places to follow me. Yeah. Um, nice. Mm-hmm. And in that case, then, uh, unless you had anything else that you wanted to mention, uh, I'll go ahead and do my outro. Okay. That's good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, you are always welcome, Haley. Uh, the Home Parade OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Violet by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. We can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or at waywardocpod on Twitter. This podcast is partly recorded on the ancestral lands of the Kiakapui, Ka, Osage, and the Ocheti uh, Shukawan Oyate. If you'd like to talk about Wayward or the other Quarter Podcast Network shows, we have our own Discord server. And there should be an invite on the Twitter account, but if it's not there, just let us know and we'll get you a new one. Um, And we are always looking for guests to talk about their original characters, so feel free to drop us a line if you are interested. And as with all podcasts, it is always super helpful if you can subscribe and rate us on your listening platform of choice, because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been Humph Wavered OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay! They're like little cotton balls. Mm-hmm. And they got little itty-bitty feeties. They do. They're just very baby. They are very baby. Hi, I'm TP Huth. And I, I'm Anthony Sheets. And we are the co-hosts and co-GMs of Moon Harbor Heroes. Moon Harbor Heroes is a Masks, A New Generation actual play podcast. Masks, A New Generation was written by Brendan Conway and produced by Magpie Games. Moon Harbor Heroes is being styled after actual comic lines, so we're going to have multiple lines of comics. Our primary two are Faces, which Anthony GMs, and Cataclysm Crew, which I GM. We're looking forward to doing occasional smaller lines, limited run stuff every once in a while. Absolutely. Uh, Some characters in our bigger series will get solo lines, or at least solo episodes, or small group episodes, that kind of thing. There'll be spinoffs, and there'll be... uh, Crossovers. Crossovers, and all sorts of things like that. And the first issue is going to be coming to you on September 2nd, so here pretty soon. Uh, until then, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can email us at moonharborheroes at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter at moonharborcast, and on Facebook at moonharborheroes. I can be found on Twitter at Icy New Year, and T can be found at T Huth Playwright. I think that's about it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we can't wait to bring these exciting heroes to a podcasting app of your choice. See you soon. Bye.